everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your only podcast about magic genie cuffs, call the midwife, and dot 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 incest? Question mark? Ooh. Abby's giving me a weird look because she has no idea what I'm talking about, and I'm going to I explain it to you and I don't in just want a moment. To. I don't want to. I feel like it's one of those, if I do know what you're talking about, it's because my brain just clocked it out. Well, so in a deleted scene for mm. uh, this episode, season six, episode eight, change, episode nine, Changelings, uh, you know how uh, Rumple takes a baby and then uh-huh. Belle gives back the baby? Uh-huh. Uh, in a deleted scene, we find out who the parents of that baby are. Uh-huh. It's Jack and Jill. Beth, my eyes are... are <laughs> Do you ever see Ripley's Believe It or Not where those people could pop their eyeballs out of their head? I feel like my eyes were so close to doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Yes. Why was... did they delete it, Beth? Why? Whole... <laughs> I, I tried to find the scene on YouTube. I could not find it. It's called Collecting on a Deal. It is several scenes. It is a huge segment in this in, in this episode. I, honest to God, think they probably cut it because somebody at the end realized, wait, we can't make Jack and Jill husband and wife because they are canonically siblings. Okay, so what are the odds also? I'm not even going to fact check this. I'm just going to assume this also came out very similar time frame to Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill <laughs> or or whatever that movie is where he plays his own twin sister. Or Game of Thrones had just started. Yeah, yeah. They're just maybe. like, hey, we we need to be so far away from this, and yeah. we cannot add, we cannot add another nonsense phrase to this episode because it already sounds AI generated. This <laughs> this whole episode made made me hurt in in my brain. My frontal lobe hurt from the things that were said constantly. In this episode. Yeah, so this is a Rumple Bell episode, so you can already tell how we're going to feel one. about it. Strike <laughs> We're already at strike two and a three quarters. <laughs> uh, it was directed by uh, it was directed by Mary Almas and it was written by David H. Goodman and Brian Writings, who are not like David H. Goodman has written a few. I don't really recognize the other two names. And this aired in November 27th, 2016. So this was very shortly after uh, the 2016 election. So we got another major disappointment. <laughs> 2016 was a bummer year, guys. So, yeah. T- November 2016 was a super bummer month. Um, yes. Yeah, so we start in present day. We have a young nun running through... A set. I I don't know why she's in this location. It's never explained. Uh, she's running away from Rumpelstiltskin, who who finds her, like does this weird magic thing to tie her up, and then is like, "You're gonna give me the information I want about Belle." And there's also this like, and then the evil queen shows up and then makes this weird thing about fairies. How he hates fairies. Like they start drumming this in this episode, and. It felt very ham-fisted because I don't recall Rumple. I mean, he doesn't like the fairies because they get in his way, but he's not had a hatred for fairies. This is a new thing we just introduced, so we have to make sure that it gets all the way through. Um, <sighs> this whole episode, and and I now we'll get into it further when we get towards the end of it. But like this whole episode made Rumple's character 
Um, I, I want to say I'm going to defend, not definitively, I'm going to very boldly claim that this was the death of Rumpel's character because mm-hmm. I am no longer afraid of him. I don't believe he is in any way in control of anything right now. Mm-hmm. And if he is, it's on accident, which I know has been happening for a while. But this whole time, he's just like, you don't know. I've, I'm playing the long game. I'm, it's like, you're just an old man with no <laughs> friends. You're just shaking your fist at people and nothing's happening. Everything that happens in this episode happens against him or for him. And that's what I think is going to be really important to talk about, especially in the final, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the episode when the whole thing with the baby happens. It's they they put everything in place to make Rumple that major villain again and then they pull it back just at the edge so you just it's a lose-lose situation he's bad but he's not bad enough to actually do it but it still happens so he still gets what he wants but he's not responsible for it so he can still have a little semblance of maybe he's a good guy in the end but i think that's even worse i'd rather have him be unabashedly demonic so uh, correct, you're right, and they stepped it back. And here's another thing, and I would love, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. This episode, the way it was written, the way that several of the scenes were shot, it was like one or two filters and music cues away from being a full-on horror. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, a woman is getting pregnant in a cat, and like she's like, ah, ah, and she's like becoming super pregnant. A nun is being chased through the the bowels of the hotel from The Shining for some reason. She's trying to get to the boiler room. Like everything that's happening is spooky and like very scary and surreal. But it's not like it, it got about eighty percent there, and then they didn't shoot it right cue it right and everything's real bright and happy so you're just like i i having i'm so confused about how i'm supposed to feel right now yeah this this episode was trying to bring one story to a conclusion while still introducing the next one because in this one i think they really wanted to try and do away with the half seasons thing and they wanted to try and make it more of a single cohesive season um but it's just not working it's just not working together but i digress gold has this fairy in his custody uh the evil queen is taunting him and he taunts her back being like aren't you supposed to kill zelina for me and she's just like why why would i do this she's my sister and then he says well if you don't i'm not gonna bang you anymore so she's like all right well i guess i'll choose my boyfriend over my sister again like and i thought i, I thought she was it. like playing i thought she was playing him but she wasn't i listen it's one of those things where like i get it because and we've talked about this every episode it makes sense if you think about it as like this is the regressive younger version of regina she did not grow out of and she's not going to be thinking correctly. She she did she made a lot of weird decisions when she was the evil queen because she has not matured. Mm-hmm. Like this is a thirty year old or a, a, a minus thirty year old version of her that didn't become a mother that doesn't know like I, I don't know that doesn't have like a different grounding than the current Regina that we know. But you and I both know that that was not the actual intention. 
This is just bad writing. Yeah. No, there's there's so much that they could have done with this. There's so much they should have done with this. But instead, what they do is put all the power in Rumpel's hands, but not enough for it to actually make him a total bad guy in the end, because they have to keep that little nugget of possible redemption. Well, anyway, he sends Regina off Evil Queen, Serum Queen, our favorite term, the Serum Queen. I was having such a nice day, and then you reminded me that that existed. (laughs) Sends the Serum Queen off to go uh, kill Zelina, and he uses the magical dust on um, this fairy. How he got it, who knows, who the heck cares, whatever. And it makes her old very fast. And... The reaction to this was hysterical. (laughs) Oh, my God. What did he do? He He made made her old. old. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's not 28 like the rest of us. (laughs) What is she? 31? (laughs) And he's using it to send a message to the fairies and to Belle and to everybody being like, uh, I'm going to make you speed up your pregnancy because that's what um, Emma quickly realizes. Like, oh, yeah, it's a dark one. I did that. That's what I did to Zelina to speed up her pregnancy. Uh, why it would only age the fetus and not her? Be- be- would it because- age you from the inside? Would you just get a really old lungs? I-, I love the idea that this happened and like she immediately like, A, she got pregnant and gave birth to her son. Because, it, like, the whole, her whole body aged, like, an extra, like, eight months or something. But I love the idea that, like, Belle is going to, like, go to the mirror later that evening and be like, oh, my God, crow's feet. Where did these <laughs> come from? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Um, This was, this by far was my favorite scene because it had, I, I should have written down the sentence. But it is the most nonsense sentence, like, when you just extract it from the episode. Because they are realizing that Rumpel is the one that did this and that it is sending a message. And it is, oh my gosh, he aged this fairy to send a message to me that he's going to speed up my pregnancy so I give birth to our son so he can use the shears of destiny to cut his fate away so that he can be in love, he can, like, his son will love him again. It... (laughs) I know what's going on, and that's a nonsense sentence. It's so bananas when you think about it. But, like, all of that checks out. That's all been established in the show. It's just if you try to think about it for, like, two seconds, if you put that sentence on TikTok, uh, it would, like, blow people's minds. That How would this exist in in any media property? It's Belle is putting on her big pink headband. Get rid of me with me while for a story time. How my boyfriend aged me rapidly. Oh, I'm sorry. No, how my husband, ex-husband, we'll get into it, aged me rapidly so I'd have my son so he'd cut his fate away because he's a monster. But he's not because at the very last minute he won't do it, but someone else will do it. So he still gets what he wants, but he doesn't actually have to pay the consequences for it. Yay. Yay. Stay tuned for right. part two. <laughs> So uh, everybody, now that they've realized what Rumpel's plan is, everybody goes off on their own little side adventures to address the situation or to do a different situation. Uh, first, we'll talk about uh, Jasmine and Snow, who's there for two seconds so that one of the Charmings is contractually obligated to show up. I like, uh, the yeah, other we don't one show is taking a nice long nap. I like, we don't even reference it anymore. It's just like, you get one or the other, and get that's one. what we're doing. Um, yeah, Snow is, Snow is grading papers. 
while Jasmine just sits there. Yeah. And just like... (sighs) 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 Something... Something wrong, Jazz? Uh, Because Snow just says to herself randomly, oh my gosh, they're finally getting it. I would like to point out that I pulled up um, the Reddit live discussion of the episode from seven years ago. And all of the comments, not all of them, there's a bunch of really funny comments, but like one of them that made me absolutely horse laugh was, you know, it's the quotes that Snow has of, you know, oh, they're finally getting that. Finally, these kids are catching it on. Building birdhouses isn't for the weak. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was just like a whole chain of comments being like, they finally figured out not to eat the glue first. They stopped (laughs) eating paint chips. They stopped nailing their hair to things. And it was just like, that is, I love that her entire curriculum is birdhouse based. Uh, But anyway, so Jasmine is, is upset. She's just like, listen, I have a, I have a lamp. I need to find Agrabah. And Snow, Snow, uh, it was just like problem solving mode. Use the lamp to find it. Yay, I've helped. That's the story. Yeah, and I feel like this was. I feel like this was. I, I know in last the last episode, there was the whole thing about the genie being free and mm-hmm. that whole parallel with Robin Williams, and I. I feel like that was a last minute rewrite and this wasn't rewritten to compensate for it because it's a whole thing of, oh, we can get the genie out of the lamp and solve our other problems. And they kind of half ass mention like that it might be a different genie, that maybe there's a new genie after the other genie. But I'm like, that's not how genies work. It wouldn't be like this genie left and then another one just showed up. It moved in. Oh, this lamp's free. Free? (laughs) Yeah, because cause as we've seen in Aladdin, like, a new genie gets his own, its own lamp. Like, a, a genie gets yeah. its own lamp. And that when, and, in the end of Aladdin, genie's lamp, when he when Aladdin wishes him free, his lamp goes dull and sad and just becomes a regular lamp. Yeah. So, I... And, and they don't have to do a one-to-one to the show, to the movie. Obviously, there's a lot of changes. But this felt like... It, it it was just the pieces were missing and I didn't understand it for a bulk of it. And I, I just think it was badly done. I think I, so I, I only disagree slightly is that I think that it was also like they, they were telling the two different writers of the episodes, Hey, because this happened, we're going to like, or they didn't compare notes because mm. basically we're okay. So then we're just going to cut ahead to like, we're going to use the lamp. Aladdin is there. Henry's there for five seconds and it's a, okay, we're going to rub the lamp. Liz, I don't know why Jasmine rubs the lamp the way that she does, <laughs> but it made me laugh. I don't know why, because she was just... I, okay, so, I, funny little story. Um, when I was a kid, my grandma got me one of those, like, fake Disney movies, the ones that were done, like, to trick grandparents into buying oh, a cheap knockoff. Yeah. And it was for, it was Aladdin. It was just it's okay. one of the most infamous ones. Um, and I still remember the song from the beginning of that movie to this day. And as I was watching this scene with Jasmine, I couldn't help but think of it. Do you want me to sing it for you? Because it's really I 100% funny. want you to sing it for me right now. So so it's the genie singing okay. in the beginning and it goes, rub the lamp, Aladdin, rub the lamp and see, rub the lamp, Aladdin, and set the genie free. 
That's literally the whole song. It's so bad. First of all, so everybody that was listening. That in my head as Jess. Everyone, everyone, go back and listen to Beth sing that again. Just now imagine both of your hands are in front of you and doing a little crab dance. <laughs> and, and I feel like I can picture it completely. Oh my God, it's so funny. I don't know what that is. I guess I don't. I I. I, I'll I send it to you. I, I know what the movie. Like, I feel like I could probably find it if if I yeah. looked hard enough. Uh, just 100%. typed in like bootleg because uh, you guys don't understand. The 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 young children gather around. Like I know that there's like these like weird knockoffs of everything. Like there's always like 15 different medical shows and they're all doing the same plot and stuff like that. But there was a time because Aladdin was such a powerhouse of a movie. Like I had it in the um in that like um what's it called the clamshell. Yeah. VHS case. I had that whole thing mm-hmm. because believe me, like you were having that moment of going back to your like weird um, bootleg H H L N like whatever. <laughs> and all I was thinking is, I have every line from that because again, if if last week didn't make it clear or last episode didn't make it clear, is that like I was a huge fan of Robin Williams, so I watched that movie top to bottom a bajillion times. I can quote him coming out of that lamp and everything he says in that cave. I, if I had to right now, I probably could. But it was like she started rubbing the lamp and I just, I, I was shouting in this weird little apartment that I'm in. And I was like, 10,000 years. And I was so happy. I was like, I need to rewatch Aladdin. I miss Aladdin. <laughs> it's a good so, movie. It's a good okay. movie, guys. I mean, it, it there's things that, that do not hold it, up. It just, it um, didn't, it didn't, it's not great. But it didn't it, it, some well. things not so great. But, but killer music. Robin Williams is amazing in that movie, but and so to 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 segue back into this, Jasmine's rubbing the lamp like it is the her her final act. Smoke comes out, and then two cuffs are presented to Aladdin, and they have basically a very truncated version of the conversation they had last week, of, oh, it's just the cuffs, and then Henry. I feel like the only thing he says this whole episode is he's free now, and then we never see Henry again. Like he says that, and they go, oh. And that immediately cuts to Aladdin being like, I've got a big idea. I'm going to do this. He puts on one cuff and Jasmine goes, no, wait, please don't do it. And then Aladdin goes, hold on. I'm going to absolutely make your panties drop right now before I put this second cuff on. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, hey, girl. And he like does that thing like under her chin. Like if a guy did that to me, I feel like I'd take a swing at him. Like, don't fuck <laughs> But, like, when he, like, it's one of those things that you see in, like, a TV show, and you're just like, why does no one do that to me? Like, oh, he's so cute. He's like, love, I got it. And he puts on the other cuff, and he gets sucked into the upside down, I assume. Um, And that's that storyline. Yeah, which, like, I I don't remember quite what they do with this, but I really like that. I really like this choice that they made to have Aladdin become the genie. It was very convoluted the way they got there, but you know they're always trying to find new ways to interpret the stories, and I think that was a really cool way to do it. Especially with the way that we have Aladdin's story right now of mm-hmm. he cut away his fate because he didn't feel that he was brave enough to do it, and now he's making this sacrifice into a world of unknown rules to him. Like they think they know mm-hmm. the basics, and it's just like a, you know you've just clasped cuffs to yourself um, freely. Um, cut to. A woman giving birth also wearing a cuff that I think might have been the same cuff. <laughs> Unclear. But she, and so, but that's a different, um, 
It's a different cuff. It's a cuff of a different color. Yes. So then we also have uh, Emma and Hook. They have they have their own plan to try and stop Rumple. It goes very badly. Um, so bad. But the only reason that it happens is so that Emma can get the Savior Shakes again. Oh, no. Yeah. This, first of all, um, I would like to give props to to Hook in this episode because he was uh, top notch. For no reason. Like, the other episode, like, these previous episodes, he's kind of just been, like, there. He showed up Mm. with his game face on this episode, and he only needed to be in it for, like, 15 seconds. Because when he shows up, so he shows up, and we will talk about how he ends up with Squid Ink later. Because it doesn't matter timeline-wise, but, like, he has Squid Ink, and he's he's come to stop Rumpel. He's like, Rumpel, I will stop you. And he throws Squid Ink on them. He has the biggest shit-eating grin on his (laughs) face. Like, I truly giggled. Like, I was like, that's, that's the hook. That's the Killian Jones that I like, where he's just like, he's no poker face. He doesn't have a poker face anymore. He doesn't swagger in all brooding and is just like, crocodile. Fwah. No, he just comes in like, I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to screw everything up. Let's go. <laughs> I'm a distraction. Yay. <laughs> it's a party. From the lamp of Aladdin. <laughs> I just, and then like the most weird twist is like he throws it and then he's like, why did you do that? Because when you use squid ink, as we learned from two different characters, it freezes your whole body, but not at all your face and kind of not your head. And he's like, why have you done this? And Emma pops out like it's a party trick. It's called a distraction, jackass. And then goes back to what she was doing. (laughs) Like, I don't think you needed to come in and burn him. (laughs) It's. But you know what? I'm not against it. I, I know, think it's fine. Just... But it doesn't last for very long because Emma has a Savior Shakes attack and another prop for Hook, supportive boyfriend. He immediately is like, oh, are you, he, he, you know, it's like, it's like she's having a panic attack or she's having, you know, right. an asthma situation. Like he's immediately like, he's not like, oh, I, we got to do this. Like put it on pause. Or Emma, like, not now, damn it. <laughs> No, he's he's present in the moment. He is there for her. We love a supportive boyfriend. He, he forgets what the other plan is because his girl is down mm-hmm. and he needs to help her. And he does. He's like, okay, walk me through it. What's going on? What's happening? And she, he's like, all right, well, then we need to get the hell out of here. Um, and they leave, which is great because Rumpel just uh, left. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just walked out. And again, this is another one of those moments where he just had that look of like swagger on his face and like left. And he was like, and he basically did the James Bond fixes cuffs and walk out and i'm like you have not earned any of this <laughs> like you just got frozen by a pirate and his like girlfriend and and then you just left like y- you didn't win here <laughs> like i whatever the, the spell wore off and they weren't there to stop you yay no. points to rumple uh but this leads emma on like a journey of meaning because now there was a new she says again top 10 phrases in this episode hook's like okay talk to me about what you what happened in the in the shop what did you see and she goes everything in my vision was exactly the same the exact same people the exact same thing happened the exact same place it was the exact same vision except there was a whole new thing here okay so it's not the exact same vision. 
being a little weird here about and that's just me splitting hairs but yeah she was just like no i was stabbed through with a sword and And twisted and and then i and then it got twisted and in that moment i looked at the sword and realized what it looked like there's a there's a red gem on it and for a split second i I knew it was in hooks i knew it was in rumple's shop but i was just hoping for to be like you mean this sword and just pull a sword from nowhere like this is my sword oh my god (laughs) let's burn it uh but yeah so she has this vision so then they sneak back into the shop Mm -hmm. and find the sword and then she just holds it for like listen again i'm just splitting hairs at this point but it was just funny to me she holds it for like a beat too long yeah like yes i found it now we'll find the bastard who uses it and then they just linger on them yeah, oh it's. God, I feel God, like a better God. thing for you to do would be to maybe melt it in fire, or maybe take it out to sea. Yeah, maybe do let's it. leave this place together. Let's take the sword with us, and mm-hmm. let's go to let's let's go somewhere else. Let's, let's maybe go check out Miami. Like, it's nice. But um, we do got to give Emma props because she was honest and she communicated. Yes. She, the two of them are becoming a better unit together. And I'm really liking seeing that, especially since we know where their relationship is going to go. I really like how they're becoming more, they're, they're becoming more cohesive and they're becoming mm-hmm. more honest. Like they definitely, it seems like they've grown from the deceits and they're, I think at this point, hopefully it stays, but at this point they're like, we're not going to do that to each other right now. Did you notice the wardrobe cue that led that? As well. She wasn't wearing her red leather jacket the entire episode. (gasps) What? She did a really cute outfit. I know. Because, yeah, she was cute the whole... I mean, obviously she's cute all the time. But, like, she didn't have her her signature red leather jacket on, which is indicative of her being in her armor. It's her armor. Mm -hmm. It's her... But with Hook, and when she was helping Belle, she is in this cute... This is the kind of shirt, by the way, this is just me. This is the kind of shirt that I would think I would see on her and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I could totally pull that off. I put that on. I'm a second grade teacher. (laughs) (laughs) I I put that in. Nothing wrong with that. But I put that on. I'm not as, I'm not cool like she is. I suddenly look like I'm like 10 years older, dowdy. Like that, that, that kind of clothing never worked for me. And I always hated it because I loved that clothing. (laughs) It just didn't look flattering on me. I know. I loved I loved high lace collars and I just couldn't pull it off. No, I look um I I tried to order again, this is I, I don't order from Amazon anymore and it was the, this is my last purchase was I ordered this cute dress we went to we went to Mexico uh, last year and I ordered this dress. I'm not a beach person. So I never know what to wear to the beach. So I always look like a lunatic. I'm like in jean shorts and a tank top. It's black and I'm just like I don't do the beach and everyone's out there and like they're white linen outfits and I'm like I will order a white dress I ordered this white dress off of Amazon it was like straps and it like had lacy kind of look to it and I'm like I'll just wear this on the beach no one's gonna know it shows up it's got sleeves but like <laughs> capped sleeves and instead of being this cool like mullet thing like on the skirt where it's short in the front but real long in the back so it'd be all wavy in like the ocean breeze it's just like full length um, and so I look like I was going down to the river <laughs> to be dunked in by a questionable man of the cloth. <laughs> like, it was just, a, <laughs> just like, I've joined a cult. This is the dress I'm wearing. <laughs> down to the river to pray. Exactly. And anyway, oh but yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm like, I'm going to wear this because it's going to be so cute. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's not my vibe. 
So yeah, so she did that. They found the sword, and I guess they're going to hold on to the sword and question mark. But but yeah. you're right. They're a healthy couple with their communication. Yay! We we love it. Uh, healthy couple. Well, an unhealthy couple with bad communication would definitely be our sister duo of the Evil Queen and Zelina. Uh, because uh, the evil queen shows up at uh, Zelina's house as she's again taking care of the baby and is just like, you know, I'm here. Put the baby down. If I were Zelina, I'd be like, no, I'm not putting the baby down. We're not doing this. Yeah. If you want to kill me, you got to kill the baby. I, I, I love the logic of I, I, first of all, she definitely Regina showed up and the way she was talking, I had that vibe of this is what pe- this is what people with children think like childless people talk to them like. Oh, I was hoping to catch you at nap time. Is it awake? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to. But she said that and I laughed. But then it was just like, oh, she was hoping that that the child would be asleep. So it would be easier to murder her. So the logic is you're going to do that and then leave the child in the home alone. I get that this is the dark part of Emma or of uh, Regina, but damn, that's yeah. dark. Yeah, no, it's 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 dark. Uh, but they head outside to have their big showdown, which lasts about four seconds. Oh, but but listen, I know we've had we like we we cannot. I agree with Regina later in the episode. I, I we cannot redeem Selena. But she was wearing the hell out of that giant green coat. Oh, yeah. Who in the hell is does this woman think she is walking around with a baby in a freaking shag carpet dress that makes her eyes and hair look more amazing than I've ever <laughs> seen them? It's like, not fair. It's not fair. And then I love the idea of like whoever her stunt double was to get thrown against a shed. They're like, okay, we'll put this on. <laughs> We're in this giant wig and this big giant red or green thing. Okay, now throw me against the shed. So that was the uh, televised version. Oh. This may be one of the biggest missed opportunities and one that even Rebecca Mater said in an interview was a deleted scene that she was very remorseful was not kept on screen. Okay. I'm just going to read you her quote. This was okay. with um, uh, Just About TV. It's a French publication. Uh, it is loosely translated into English. Uh, it says, are there any deleted scenes you would have liked to see kept on screen? Yes, there was a fight between the evil queen and Zelina, a.k.a. Serum Queen. Uh, there was a lot going on in that scene, and they cut out more than half of it. Um, they got teleported outside to have this big fight. There were horses, big riders. And the evil queen would knock me off my horse. And there were even huge flying monkeys circling around us. And then she would jump at me and hurt me. When I watched the episode, all of that was gone. And in the end, we were teleporting. I hit a wall and I fell. It was a three minute scene that was completely cut. And I don't know why. Maybe because it was too expensive in special effects. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Are you kidding me? No, and I there's a photo proof. I, I I can't send it to you right now, but somebody yeah. shared on a uh, on Instagram a picture of the evil queen flanked by two of her horse riders 
with swords in that same shot and she's in that same outfit so it's true they did film this that's why i want that scene because all we get in this scene is Zelina being like, oh, you're here to murder me? Okay, let me put my baby down. I love you, darling. <laughs> she gets transported outside, and then she says, so what are you going to do? Hit me? And then she gets hit, and <laughs> then Regina shows up. That's the whole scene. That's the whole thing. It made Zelina, again, Re- Zelina, irredeemable. But she is better than this. She gets her sassy moment. She is a powerful witch. She should be powerful. We should show her being that because she mm-hmm. should not be. I, I again, I'm not, I'm I don't like what they did with the evil queen. There's so many missed opportunities, and this clear one that they had, they missed it. They were holding it, and then they somehow d- dropped it. I don't. Yeah, you have two powerful women who have two different schools of magic coming together to have this fight, and then you just. Throw it all away. And for what? To have another scene of of Rumpel going up to Belle being incredibly creepy and horrible and then yeah. just leaving? Do you, do you think that they thought that the flying monkeys and the horse riding and the and the sparring and the jousting um, and awesome witch battles were going to really take away from an abuser and a predator <laughs> showing his true colors very clearly immediately? God damn it. <laughs> Make me so, yeah. So anyway, she's saved by Regina. Regina heals her. They almost have a moment, but Regina reveals to her, uh, F you, I will never forgive you for what you did to Robin Hood. And and then peace is out. And that, I mean, she's not wrong. There are, and and again, this this is something I will stand by. You can forgive a person. But you don't have to, like, for, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to give them that extra inch. Like, you don't have to, like, fully go back to where you were after you've forgiven somebody. You can be like, yes, I, you know, I, I, you know, I've, or not even forgiven. I guess she just says she doesn't forgive her. But, like, you know, you can absolve somebody for a second. But you can't, you know, you can be like, listen, I, that still hurts. And I, I'm never going to get over that. That's, that's not a crisis or a, a, a bad part about me. This is just me being a person. And I can draw that line. And that's good for her proud of her yay boundaries yeah. just to kind of yes and that you know one thing you you learn about like in therapy and everything is forgiveness isn't for the other person forgiveness is for yourself and you right. don't owe somebody else forgiveness and they don't owe you forgiveness to make to make the other one feel better forgiveness is a personal journey and regina has not hit that journey yet now, did she need to be so harsh to Zelina about it? Probably not, but this is a drama show, so we're going to have the drama. Correct. Um, I also really, again, missed opportunity because I, I feel like Regina's little speech she gives to the evil queen is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, you didn't get, like, mostly because also there was a really, f- <laughs> there was an innuendo joke in there that I don't think was on purpose. But she's like, you're not happy because you got your revenge. And it didn't make you, it didn't satisfy you. You, you, you're not fine. And then she was just like, you have a giant hole in you that isn't filled. So you went to Rumple, And I'm like, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> 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 but like, it, it's true because this is the, and this is Regina recognizing again. Remember last episode was called like, I'll be your mirror. Like mm-hmm. that's this episode where it's like, this is your mirror, Regina. Like this is who you were. You were, and she's, she's having therapy with herself 
outside mm-hmm. of her body of just being like, oh, this is an ugly, ugly person who is immature, who is short-sighted and is not thinking, is not seeing the forest for the trees, basically. And she is able to gather strength from that because like, I don't know about you, Beth, but you know, sometimes you look back at the person you were before and you're like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> like, I love you so much, but damn, you're dumb. <laughs> like, you have so much learning you need to be getting to. Um, and that's what Regina did. Regina was just like, you, she's like, if you don't think that I will, you know, crush my own heart to keep a baby with her mother, which again, is a hilarious parallel to what happens later in this episode with Rumple. <laughs> like, the sacrifice yeah. another person will make for another person's child that yeah. Rumple can't even make for, this guy no. sucks. <laughs> he sucks so bad. He sucks uh, so hard. So let's go ahead and get to our main conflict, which is our Rump Bell love story for the ages. For Big air quotes. Time. Big air Big quotes. Big air quotes. So Belle is trying to also figure out what she can do. So she goes to, of course, the library, because where else is she going to go? And uh, she's looking through the books, and then she happens to see a book uh, called The Manual on Defeating the Dark One. What a dink! And apparently the uh, name of the author is like a tribute to a, an editor from the show. So I thought that was a nice little oh, touch. Okay. And uh, she just opens the book and it's like, follow the red, the red thread. And then there's a red thread and she follows it. And then she's magically in a cave. It's very ethereal. And then her son Gideon is there and he's being very cryptic. And he's like, you, you got it. You know what to do. The answer's right in front of you. I'm like, that doesn't help. <laughs> I shut up. I hate scary movies. This is what I hate scary movies. You're a ghost who can talk. Tell tell people stuff. Yeah. Like just use all your words. Um I do like I I started laughing because I was just like, Belle doesn't realize that it's a dream until way later. Like, at what point did you think that A, a book you've never seen before will just appear and be the exact thing that you're looking for? She lives in there. She should know all of the books. I assume they are all cataloged in a way that only she understands because she lives there. And so she's like, oh, look, this book. Oh, a ribbon. I'll follow it. Well, damn it. <laughs> like you're, you're about to get murdered. <laughs> what are you doing? But anyway, yes, you're right. Yeah, she, she's like, you're, it's right in front of you. And, and then she wakes up. She still doesn't quite know the answer. Um, but we have that lovely little note to it. Um, and then she is again at the library because she never freaking leaves. And Rumple shows up and he's got the the powder. This is after uh, the whole squid ink situation. Yeah, so, so like the, the, the ink that's right in front of her on the page and Hook's just like, I'd be a sad pirate if I didn't recognize squid ink. It looks like regular ink. And so they use that. They pull that. We don't get to see it, by the way. Emma's just like, I will use my powers to get the squid ink off the page. What are your powers, Emma? Someone please tell me what they are. I mean, uh, if they didn't have the budget for the monkeys, they probably didn't have the budget for this either. It was a very limited budget in this episode. He got the monkeys. Okay, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, this was one where Blue Fairy became full size every single time because we couldn't have the tiny fairy talking. So Belle is still at the library. Rumple shows up. He's got the, the, the aging dust and... It feels like he's pointing a knife at her. This whole scene comes across like he has a deadly weapon. Yep, sure does. And and he's holding her hostage and she is terrified. And I will give the actress props because she did, she performed really well in this scene. I can't say the same for Robert Carlyle. I know he can do better. 
in this whole episode, every single scene he was in was a, I know you can do better than this, Robert Carlyle. And he just wasn't hitting it. I feel like he also hated all of this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's the name of that? Emily. Emily DeRaven. She, yeah. I thought she was great in this episode. She was she was running home with this. She's like, I'm going to oh, milk this for she... all it's worth. This is a bell moment. Yeah, I think she, if I had to guess, she was like, oh, this is it. This is when I finally leave Rumpel. I stand up to him. I'm going to give it everything I'm worth. God, if she could only know how the rest of the episodes go. <laughs> But the, rest like, of the series goes for her. Not great. I, this was such a great episode, like for her, like g- standing on her own two feet. But I have to say, first of all, she runs to the elevator. Girl, run to the front door. Get out of the building. Don't go deeper into the building. Um, but she, she's just like Rumple. If you do this, I'll never forgive you. Is that what you want? And that's what stops him. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Like. <laughs> Well, and his reasoning is like, no one can love me, so I'm going to steal this child and brainwash it by cutting it away from its destiny, so somebody will finally love me, man. I'm like, what the fuck? I, I, the, the cognitive dissonance, and I, 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 I believe that this is the way that it's supposed to be written, but it's just a, I must do all of these elaborate things and betray the woman I love. Let's let's remember that part. The woman I love, I and I would never hurt or harm, and I want to do no, no wrong by. I'm going to absolutely take away her body bodily autonomy, her safety, her son, and the gifts that she wants. Like I want to take all of that away in the chance that I can get my son, who is not born, to love me. When I have a full grown, fully realized adult woman in front of me who wants nothing more than to love me she against all odds she continues to love him against her own will she's just like i love this man i'm in love with this broken awful monster of a man and he's just like no that's not good enough i need this weird figment of an imagination son to to love me and it's just like you're you're doing all this weird decision making when you have a person standing right in front of you it's like he doesn't want a child. He wants a pet. Uh, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But yes. <laughs> like, yes, so I he, agree. Ultimately, he in the end, he does not do it. But it still happens anyway, because Belle drinks a cup of tea given to her by Granny. Granny, test your products. What are you doing? And then body horror, bone snapping, ligaments twisting, her whole body is effed forever because she is immediately accelerated from first trimester all the way to delivery day and is taken away to our old 1940s wartime hospital <laughs> to have so this first, baby. So first of all, wouldn't it have been funny if Granny did test the product and she comes out looking like the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just you take way it's too weird, much of it. Anybody else have it? And she just falls over and dies. <laughs> she's just, she's just like, she's that skeleton thing that from a SpongeBob chocolate. What? <laughs> what? Um, but yeah, no, the the body horror of that was almost worse than the werewolf transformation scenes mm-hmm. when they were doing stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is I, I can I, my body itched while I watched that. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. yeah, I was like, there's there's no way her insides are not mashed potatoes at this point no yeah 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 and then just could you imagine the um the absolute fierceness of the stretch marks like there is not enough lanolin in the world (laughs) 
I just no. like like I mean just, when the baby grows just naturally, you, you can get, feel yeah. it, and it's a pain in the ass. Like when when Henry finally turned to be fit head down. Yeah. Uh, I had to stop walking. Tim and I were like in New York and we're just walking on the sidewalk. I had to stop and I like bent over on this, like yep. I remember it was a fence and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. When, <laughs> when, when my, my, uh, when, yeah, when Charlie did the same thing, but he, he flipped up into the position he could not get out of. But when he flipped up, I was just like, I don't think I was walking, but I was standing and I had to like, I was, I, I leaned on something and I'm like, I'm going to need someone to get me a bucket because I don't know what just happened. <laughs> And I'm worried I'm about to vomit. <laughs> Hello? I couldn't imagine going through all of that all at once. Um, but yeah, then she then she goes into the 19-freaking-40s. Like, the, the birth plan is a sheet and a bucket of hot water in a, in a convent. And, like, I, I can't. <laughs> it just, it makes sense. It makes sense for Belle's character. But I, I do love the idea that, like, the crunchy moms go to the convent. <laughs> and uh, and then she has the baby. Baby's born. Baby's cute. Baby's name is Gideon after her handsome hero. And um, and then Belle has another vision uh, as she's giving birth, which that's She, like, sweet. blacks out because she's, like, yeah. screaming at the sky uh, with her. By the way, Belle looks amazing while she gives birth. Like... Makeup flawless, not a single bead of sweat. No, her teeth look, look perfect while she screams into the heavens. Like Emma looks more uh, haggard than she does in that scene. Like Emma's like, "Oh my god, I've never been on this side of it." Oh damn! <laughs> she didn't even change her outfit. Nope, she was just like, "Nope, this is this is what I'm giving birth in." Uh, but yeah, she has the vision, and and Gideon is just like, "Isn't he on like the swings?" And he's like, "You know what you got to do, mom." And she's like, "No, no, I don't know what it is." But when he stands up and he's like like a whole head taller than she is, I like I didn't burst into tears, but I got all misty because something about small moms, <laughs> like <laughs> like it's a, like so like I I believe I've made it known on here. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I have been for a really long time. So like the Chiefs, uh, there's a player on the Chiefs. His name is Travis Kelsey. You may have heard of him. He's dating a woman you may have heard of named Taylor Swift. His brother plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a center. They are both very large gentlemen. Their mother is from Cleveland and she is about five feet tall. So like when she is with them, she is just absolutely dwarfed by them. And it is, and they love her. They cry in front of her. Like they've cried on national television because of her. And they're just like very uh, positive for male um, emotion. I'd like to give that out, but it was just one of those. They love her so much and she's so small and they're so large. And it just, it warms my heart for some reason. I love small mom, tall child. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Well, who knows? You might have that yourself one day because you and I, not the tallest. We are small and my son is, my son is, he is almost, I I feel like I'm going to say shoulder height. Then that seems like an exaggeration, but Every week, it's another two inch. Like he is, he is large child. I miss. He used. To, I found his. Sorry, we're just off topic now. But I found the outfit that I brought him home from the hospital in, <gasps> and I just sat there and held it. <laughs> I was just like, "There's no way," because it's so small, guys. They're so small. Unlike just to steer us back onto conversation, unlike Belle's newborn baby, <laughs> that is clearly a toddler. 
<laughs> like I know, I know we can't have a newborn baby on set. I get it, but damn, that's a big baby. That's a big baby. <laughs> and Belle uh, hands the baby to Mother Superior, who she asks to be the baby's fairy godmother, which I thought was a really sweet touch because I can't imagine that the blue fairy has been asked this in a very long time. She I, looked so touched. Yeah, it was really sweet. It was I yeah. As much as I dislike the blue fairy, this was a very nice moment. Um, while Emma and Hook are just standing there, like holding hands, like so cute. I love them so much. Oh my god, we're here. Take the baby away, fairy. Take her. Take him away where I can't find him, where Uncle can't find him. Just take the baby away, because it's the only way to give him his best chance. Three mothers in the show have given birth and given their children away before the rest of the placenta has exited their body. It's a theme. It's a theme. And I'm sure nothing's going to go wrong. Nope, not a single thing. <laughs> because, uh, no, there isn't a uh, a character we've been introduced in this episode who uh, steals babies. No. Oh, wait, yes, there is. And we're about to talk about it. Uh... Back in the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, Belle is in the castle. Rumpel comes in with a baby. And we <laughs> immediately see Belle's... Um, uh, fear of being in an abusive situation because she's like, Rumple, you're back. I did all the chores. Here's all the chores I did. I did all the chores. Please don't be mad at me and please don't yell at me. And he's like, screw you. Here's the baby. Uh, don't ask me any questions about the baby. Uh, bye. And she's like, oh, I got this baby. It's a cute little baby. I'm going to read a story. And uh, now I'm going to find out what's going on. She sneaks into the little tower. With the baby. I love the bassinet that she carries around. How pissed would you be if that was what you had to carry a baby around in? Oh, God. I would hate it. I'd be so mad. Oh, my God. It's huge. It's the straps are like, it's clearly for just like, it looks like a grocery bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it, I carry it. Yeah. Every time she was like trying to lug it around, and I was like, there's clearly not a baby in this. Because no. <laughs> she's carrying it so strangely. But Her yeah, so back she, would be wrecked. Yeah, um, but yeah, she she sneaks into the library or like his office or whatever. Yeah, it's his tower and she finds a scroll and it's in an ancient fairy language and Belle can read fairy. Of course she can. So she translates it for a reason. On paper. On paper. And she's like, all right, I'm just going to write this down. And then Rumple's like, aha, my plan worked. I can't read fairy. I figured you can. How come Rumple can't read fairy? There's no reason he shouldn't be able to, especially knowing no what we reason. know in literally five more minutes. But uh, yeah. there's no reason he, he does. It's not like he doesn't have time. It doesn't. No. It's not like he can't be studying it or employing somebody to teach him under the penalty of death. He literally can't sleep. Yeah. He can't like, sleep. I feel like he can see the future. He can, he, can, in, he can envision and manifest a future in which he can speak fairy. Like, but I would like to say uh, props to Belle for being very naturally motherly in which she is constantly talking to the baby. She reads and she's just like wandering around the house talking. Can the baby respond? No. Does the baby know what she's saying? No. But this is an important part of the baby's development. And she knows this. And she figures she's going to pick up the slack until she he can be returned to <laughs> the child's uh, mom and dad, brother, sister. <laughs> <laughs> to the mom and uncle. <laughs> slash father. <laughs> so gross. 
Are you happy I taught you? I told you that information. Yeah, we got to get Joffrey back to Jamie and Cersei. Damn. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rumple takes the scroll and he's and takes the baby and then locks Bell in the tower and he's like, I gotta go because I gotta use this baby as bait uh, for to summon the Black Fairy. Bye. And Bell's trying to get out and the lo and behold the Blue Fairy shows up. And says, uh, sh- he cannot summon the Black Fairy. That's bad news bears. I will not allow it. And then we get some weird mystery thing about, you know, most fairies are good. But this one turned away I, from the side of good and did I, bad. I'm obsessed with this scene because, A, yes, the Blue Fairy um, makes herself big because budget. And, but she's like, she's like, I'm here to rescue you. Because Belle is like, I need out of here. So Belle, so Blue Fairy shows up to rescue her but then Belle keeps asking more questions to keep them in the room (laughs) oh my god why like aren't fairies good what's going on and it's just so funny I'm like you can ask these while you guys are moving like can we like walk like we can leave uh and yeah so so Belle then goes and not with the blue fairy blue fairy does not come as part of this adventure but Belle does have time to grab her mystery uh going into the woods cloak so. Well, because apparently, according to Blue, uh, magic won't work in this situation, but just a young woman who walks up, it, that'll a, work just fine. A, a brave woman with no regards to her own personal safety is the only magic that will work. <laughs> uh, so Rumple takes the baby and the scroll into the forest and he reads the incantation in English, the translated version, which seems weird. You'd think he'd just read the original. But alas, uh, and then the black fairy shows up, and uh, this actress is freaking gorgeous. Oh my god, stunning! Her accent is impeccable. I, I have I have a very small crush on the on the black fairy. Uh, it is a very rare person. Like we're talking about clothes that we look good in versus not good in. It takes a very rare person to look absolutely fierce in a feather collar. <laughs> Like, yeah, because the outfit is stupid, but she makes it work. Okay, and this is what I've been talking about this whole season. You know why it would have looked stupid? It would have looked stupid in, like, the middle of the day. Like, if she would have <laughs> showed up, like, this is what the problem with the Evil Queen's outfits are. They are designed to be on the blue on the blue screen with, the like, her t- tower and castle and, like, her, her outfits about going out and stuff like that were specifically designed to be on the road. So when she's in her, like, weird castle get-ups in the middle of Storybrooke, it looks bananas and almost cheaper. But when you shoot her in the dark, she's in the misty woods, she looks fierce as hell, even though it is a feather high-collar situation. Like, the it's, like the, thing, it's like the, the ice queen. The thing happened with Emma, too, when she was the dark one. And, like, the Ice Queen. Like, the Ice Queen, yeah. when she was in the snow and stuff like that, she looked fierce as hell. Then suddenly you put her in a very contrasting background that's not lit for her specifically. You know, it's like when you do your makeup yeah. and then you go to Walmart with all the very harsh overhead lighting and you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my ring light? No! And, uh, yeah, the Black Fairy arrives and Rumpel uh, uh, puts some uh, squidding <laughs> on her to paralyze her. Um Again, a new rule is apparently squidding. You can still talk. Uh, you just can't move. 
and they start having a conversation and Rumple immediately goes into, you take all the babies. Why did you abandon the one baby who needed you the most, which was me? Me. And I, it's just so stupid. It was so stupid. So two It's such things. a bad way to reveal what could be a cool thing. Yeah. It's revealed so badly. Oh, so badly. Because first of all, first of all, it reminded me of um, Helen Hunt in Twister. You've never seen it go after that. Skip that house and that house and come right after you. Joe, is that what you think happened? Um, <laughs> the tornado didn't come and take your dad personally. Uh, it just reminded me of that. But it also made me laugh because logically it makes sense. Oh, so you'll steal babies from a mother's arms. Why did you abandon me? Well, because she can't steal you from her own arms. How do you reverse steal from someone's arms? You leave. Like, that is that is what it is. This is the whole thing. That's the gig. Like, the baby now doesn't have a mother. See you later. That's the answer. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, she probably is... Uh, who knows what's happening with the babies? Probably not something good. Um... But yeah, Rumple just has this whole abandonment combo. And like, if you compare this to the reveal of his dad being Peter Pan, it just pales in comparison. But I do want to give the actress Jamie Murray some credit because, again, one, she looks flawless, even in a stupid outfit. Uh, but I also liked her whole thing where she essentially like feigned like shock, like, Oh no, it's you. It's my son, Rumple. It's my so son. Good. And then she just laughs and is like, I don't give a shit, man. I didn't, I wanted power. Bye. And then she just pieces out after like, Belle takes the baby. <laughs> because she's just cruel. And I love that. Because, I mean, that's the kind of thing, again, this is Rumple eating his own medicine. Like, in this moment. That is him. Like, that's what he would have done to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, oh my gosh, you found my one weakness. Uh, nope, psych, and leaves. Because that's what she does. She's just, first of all, the only thing I, the only quibble... I have about this whole scene is that when she lands, she lands just fully on her knees. That would have hurt. Which I don't think she would. I feel like no. she would have landed in some sort of like very regal. Yeah. Uh, like a feigned regal situation of just being like landing on her. What I assume were very cool shoes from Hot Topic. Um, yeah. But Belle steals I the baby and then she was like, you'll never catch us and leaves. <laughs> And Rumple just doesn't do anything because he's so fed and food. He's big feelings. him sad. Yeah, Rumple has big feelings. And I'm the lingering question I have for me, and I don't know if you you would consider this a like a break, like a plot break moment. But this means that the whole time Belle has known who Rumple's mother is, and like uh, hasn't said anything. Because she could fully hear them talking. Like, she heard yeah, the no, conversation. She knows. Oh, she fully And, you knows. know, when the whole thing with Peter Pan as his dad came in, you you don't think at any point Belle would have come in and be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, his his mom is an evil fairy. Like, or he she would have never brought it up with him, like, on camera. Yeah. Well, so first of all, we know that, like, Belle has never kept a secret in her life. Nope. So, like, that's what it is. It's like, oh, he's bad. Oh, well, because, you know, his mother is a fairy. Like, she would have said something to Blue in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, handing the baby to him. Being like, you need to take him somewhere safe and to protect him, like, from the black fairy. Like, he knows 
fairy tricks. You need to do something about it. Like, I feel like that would have been part of the conversation. But I'm also, like, imagining, like, them, like, just, this is what I like. Uh, just, like, imagining them having, like, real conversations like a normal person would. Like, if you were just, like, standing there doing dishes. Like, Belle's just doing dishes. And Rumple's like, I don't know, on the couch watching TV. And she's just like, hey, I got a question. I just put this together. Your dad is Peter Pan, who was just, like, a drunk adult. And then he became Peter Pan, right? Yeah. Okay, so your mom's the Black Fairy, and she's the most stunning person I've ever seen in real life. Yeah? Yeah. Can you explain to me in what <laughs> universe that happened? <laughs> like, just she said they're just washing dishes. How did they meet? Like, I have so many questions. Because, believe me, if I found out weird trivia about my husband, he'd never hear the end of it. I have a thousand questions, a thousand more follow-up questions, and a couple of diagrams I've drawn that I want validated. I mean, I'm assuming that's going to happen in a future episode, but yes, 100% Belle would have been just digging into that well for years to the point where Rumple would have spilled everything out to her. She would know the entire truth of everything already. But alas, the baby is gone. Rumple shows up. He realizes what Belle has done. Belle gives him this mean look and is just like, I will, ne- I will never, you'll never have him. I'll never tell you his name, which was a boss move. Boss move. Boss move. And it's all like, again, a great performance from Emily de Ravine. And like, but given what we know about what's going to happen with them in the future, how they are endgame. It just hurts my spirit that there's so many times where she says, I'm never going back to him. It's over. We're done. He's a monster. He's a beast. I can't like he's not the man I thought he could be and he never will be. Okay, but you're still going to have eternity in him in some weird cottage that is happening eventually. So but for this moment, Beth. And not to get super gross about it, but just because we've been talking about motherly stuff and birth and stuff, and just to maybe educate some of the gentlemen that might be listening or anybody that doesn't know, Belle had this whole moment where, first of all, she looks flawless head to toe um, after just giving birth and also abandoning her, like, not abandoning, but giving her son away for his best shot and stuff like that. She is giving Rumple all of these looks while wearing probably the weirdest, like, like gauze underpants situation because she's actively bleeding still Mm -hmm. like post-birth is still happening it's a nasty i've never felt grosser in my entire life and she is standing there like a boss ass bitch defending her son and i think if rumple would have gotten any closer she would have punched him in the both what uh, the whole one two she was powerful she was in her moment and i appreciate this end game or no in this moment, Belle was the character I wanted her to be. And I yeah. applaud that. Yes. But Gold was not. Rumple was no. not the character we wanted him to be ever. Uh, because he goes back to the shop and the evil queen confronts him and is like, Haha, I'm the one who spiked her tea to make her pregnancy happen faster. So that Rumple, again, can get exactly what he wants. But without any uh, responsibility for it. He didn't actually get blood on his hands, so he no. can absolve himself of mm-hmm. issues. Um, first of all, I, I this is the version of the Evil Queen that I like, where she's just like, oh no, did you lose another son? Oh no, what happened? Oh, that's so sad. Like, 
Like, this is the most vicious mockery I've ever heard. Oh, were you a dad, but then she hid them because you're a monster? Ooh, tough break. Ooh, I heard fairies make really great mothers. Wink. Bye. See you later. Because Rumple is standing there. And this is the scene I wanted to talk about. Because Rumple is standing there just like, I play the long game. You don't want to mess with me, dearie. I will absolutely end everybody's lives here. I am the big boss man. And she was just like, okay, Tulu. See ya. Bye. Kisses. Because she's not afraid of him. Because he is nothing. He is a shell of a man. And then she walks out. He like stumbles, I think, because his like legs are probably just jelly from being in a like full of adrenaline. That's what happens to me. I feel like I can't stand. And then he goes full Kyle mode and just starts putting his fist through walls. Like monster energy drink just punches everything we get some weird camera angles where at one point there's like a camera inside that drove me crazy what was that i don't know but it made my stomach flip a little i'm like oh i don't like that (laughs) and while he's having after he has that freak out emma and hook show back up at the shop to find the sword and this is where emma's like i'm brave i'm strong i'm fierce and we're, I'm going to fight and we're going to do this. And that is how we end the episode, season six, episode nine, Changelings, which I don't get why they n- named. I, I get like thematically why they called it Changelings, because a changeling is about fairies abducting children and then replacing them with doppelgangers. Uh, but at no point is it ever implied that that's anything that happens in this episode i wonder if that's more of the deleted jack and jill scene i don't know maybe it's just a, she's like here's your baby and she's like what my baby's inside it's a pumpkin with a face drawn on it <laughs> 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 like i thought he was being real quiet like he's only been gone for that one afternoon uh no yeah it's again the episode titles have been confusing yeah this this is i'm remembering i'm remembering how confused and desperate we were the first time we did these scenes they kept introducing new things and we just just like the sliver of hope oh the black fairy this is gonna go somewhere great oh damn yeah i'm i'm kind of just like at this point just sitting back and enjoying the ride like oh for sure it's there's there's little hope at this point but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think no 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 no. i agree I kind of enjoy just savoring the batshit insanity that is the place we've gotten to at this point. So I'm thinking about it. And this is definitely one of those moments where if you have a TV show that you really like and you're like, oh, my gosh, like what TV show do you like? I really like Once Upon a Time. It's about, about these fairy tale characters who get like displaced in America they're in like New England and they they're just trying to live but there's still these fairy tale characters with all this past and then they're like you know there's new threats and stuff and like magic comes back and it's it's like a very interesting and compelling story like blah 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 and then someone's like man i'm going to really check that 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 out but like they don't check out the first episode they accidentally end up on season 6 episode 9 changeling and it's the <laughs> most insane bonkers thing like it's names they recognize but then also that they don't and they're just like what What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I thought you said the show was good. Yeah, no, you said the fairy tokers. I get some of them. What's in Emma? Who's Killian? I mean, he looks. I mean, he's got a hook for a hand, I guess. And Rumpelstiltskin and what do you call him? Crocodile? Like it? it like you? Sometimes with a TV show, like obviously you can't come into the middle of Breaking Bad, but a lot of the times you can watch some of those episodes with no context 
and be fine. I don't think you would be able to watch this episode in any shape or form if you had no context. Like, if you were just shown this episode, I think you would go to the hospital because you thought you were having an aneurysm. (laughs) Even, Even with context, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, the sentence in the beginning... It's what I'm saying. Like, you just, it's like, I understood all of these words and what's going on, but I'm mad that I do. (laughs) Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. And you can support the Patreon. We want to thank our patrons for all of your love and support, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Patrick Stevens. Thank you so much, Patrick. If you want to become one of our patrons as well, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. We're going to be back next week with season six, episode 10. Wish you were here. I win. When you wish upon a fairy or something else like that, I don't remember this episode at all. We're, we're getting into that murky part of the season where I feel like a lot of it just all streamed together. Like none of this, none of anything that happened in this episode, I mean, specifics a little bit, but like the plot points, none of it has confused me. Like I, I remember it, but like I don't remember it specifically enough to know episode by episode. I knew the Black Fairy was showing up at a certain point, but I'm not 100% sure a lot of the context for it. Abby, do not go to the wiki. Okay. Because I just saw a spoiler line and things are going to get wacky. I Okay, I won't do that. I will say, so I went to, I was on the Once Upon a Time Reddit, the subreddit, because I was reading some of the like the live updates, like because like seven years ago, you know, obviously Reddit existed, and that's when the, the 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 community was thriving. And I was looking through some of like the top posts, and someone did a tier list of characters, and they had the tier list and instead of having like S tier and A B C D and all the way down to the bottom, they had them name different things like I, I I wished for more from you, like an absolute badass and stuff like that. And they had at the very bottom of the list of absolute, you know, loathed entirely, they had Hyde at the bottom, but then they had Jekyll a couple above that. That's Like, rude. they liked Jekyll more than they liked Hyde. It, it was a very confusing tier list. And I, I kind of feel like towards the end of this is one of our, like, either for this, ep- this like, the podcast itself or maybe, like, a Patreon bonus episode because I don't know how much content we could get out of it. But I feel like we should make a tier list. Of our, our character, a correct tier list. After Hyde we get to the end of all of this, I mean, yes, yeah, hide number one. Hi, we 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 hardly knew ye. Hide. <laughs> we wish we did. Oh, I miss Land of Untold Stories. I miss the steampunk. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>